Okay, all right. So one of the things that you hear more and more about is this notion of hate speech in Europe. And um, speech itself is, you know, kind of undergoing this interesting change. Um, and it's a topic in a, in a chapter one in my, my most recent book that I'm finishing up right now, Atheism Destroys, which is the second of my uh, four-volume set um, on, on Atheism Kills, the Atheism Kills series. And they all attack atheism in the way of how destructive it is. The first one, of course, how atheism kills. Uh, this one, Atheism Destroys, is about how it kills institutions such as <clears throat> family and um, relationships and marriage and free speech, among other things. So uh, free speech, it, it was a really fascinating thing. As you know, when you write a book and you really research deeply, you, of course, learn things. It changes you. And one of the things that you and I think about when we think about free speech is, well, you know, every democracy has free speech. That's the cornerstone of any democracy, right? So, <clears throat> but, but somehow, you go to France, you go to England, you go to today's Germany, not, not Nazi Germany, of course, but today's Germany. You know, free, yeah, they have free speech, but it's not the same. Or you go to Australia and New Zealand and you don't have free speech Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. We'll get to that in a moment. But I'm just talking about the feeling that you have, right? Mm -hmm. You go to, again, Australia, even Canada. And so, yeah, you, you have free speech, but it's not, it doesn't feel like the real deal, right? And, and I say this because with some experience, I, I lived in Germany, I lived in England, I lived in Japan. These are all democracies. I lived in Israel, too. Uh, and I visited many other countries that are democracies, France, Italy, and so on. And you just know that it's not the same thing. We've got something called the First Amendment, and the world knows about our First Amendment. And it's, um, it's very different. It's like real. Free speech is real here. And you ask yourself, what, what's the difference? I know the answer now. But what do you think the, the real difference is? I mean, what's, what explains this? That free speech is so much more important here, that it's so deep here, and, and people feel like when they walk on American soil, they can breathe. You know, it's, ah, oh, you know, I've got free speech here. I can really say it. And it's, and it's going to be very hard for people to, to squash what I'm about to say, right? So unlike what happened in Australia, where this woman on Facebook uh, talks about a protest, she's just forwarding over information about a protest about the COVID shutdown, uh, you know, we would never get re arrested for doing that. We know that we would never get arrested, but in Australia, yeah, you might get arrested. And in fact, this woman did. She was pregnant at the time, by the way. Uh, likewise, uh, you, you see when Tommy Robinson in England reports on a um, rape a grooming trial, of various Pakistani men, uh, he gets arrested for merely reporting it. And there's a, um, there's a gag order on him, and that's ostensibly the reason why he's uh, arrested. Uh, these things would not happen in America. But somehow there's a sense of free speech over there, but it's just not the same thing. And people do not yell and scream and protest and demand their free speech rights. So I ask you again, Ari, what explains the difference? I have my own idea. Go ahead. It's maybe it's what you're getting at, maybe not. It's my perspective on it is because to be an American means having an adherence to the constitutional freedoms that are outlined in the Bill of Rights. 
Okay. When you're a citizen of France, or if you will, French, your highest aspiration is to be French because you're French. In England, your highest aspiration is to be uh, in, in fidelity with the monarchy or the, the mm. great traditions of England. In uh, Germany, it's to be it's adherence to the Fatherland. Uh, to be Italian, is I, to be, I get it. You I get know, it. To be I, Italian, yeah. Those those national identities. The national identity is what's important. We have a national identity that's rooted in freedom, meaning we don't have a national identity without freedom. Okay. And in those countries, it doesn't matter what rights you have, as long as they're in accordance with what is in the national interests of the time. So, look, I like your answer. It's not quite the answer, though. And if you... I've asked this to many people at this point, and no one has gotten it. And it's actually a very simple answer. The, if you look at the constitutions uh, of these democracies, whether it's Japan, uh, if, if, even if they have a constitution, uh, Japan, for example, the, South Africa has a constitution that's ostensibly a democracy, um, the EU, which is, of course, supposed to be a democracy. It also has the right to free speech there. But they're, they all lack something that the American Constitution does have. Here it is. Your right to free speech is a God-given right. Okay? It's God-given. In every other country, every other democracy where there is the right to free speech, they don't talk about God. It has nothing to do with God. Your right to free speech is simply a right that the government gives you. Man and, gives you and that right. Away, well, we'll get to that in a moment, yes. Uh, okay. But it is no more uh, great than your right to be able to drive your car. It's a privilege more than it is a right. I mean, in reality, that's what it is. It's a, it's a privilege. You can drive your car... Ari, anywhere you like, anytime you like. Um, and uh, whatever makes you feel like uh, going, you go. No problem. You can cross state lines. It's a free country, so to speak. But just stay in your lane. Make sure to drive on the right side of the road. Don't be drunk while you're driving. Uh, stop at stoplights. Um, and don't speed over X amount of miles per hour, right? That's... You know, in other words, you can do it so long as you follow a whole bunch of rules, okay? And we're okay with that when it comes to driving. We respect that, right? We understand that it's not a right, it's a privilege. In, in England, France, Japan, all the countries I mentioned before, that's the way they view free speech. Yeah, sure, you can, you can engage in, in whatever speech you like, but just don't offend anybody. Don't, don't disturb the peace. That's the difference. In America... You are allowed to disturb your, your peace. In fact, it's expected that free speech, by definition, is offensive, it's disagreeable, and that's the thing that we want to protect the most. But in England, I mean, people get arrested for merely saying something that's offensive to a lot of people that, that are surrounding, and they say you're disturbing the peace. That's the violation, and they get arrested for it. So it's not necessarily the content of it, it's the fact that they're disturbing somebody about it. And that, that, that dog don't hunt in America, but it's God-given. You see, so free speech to us is holy. It's sacrosanct. And that, my friend, explains 
the different feeling we have when we step on American soil and we think about free speech. We think free speech is holy. You wouldn't think that driving a car is a holy act, right? It's you know, something you can do and, and that's pretty cool and cars are cool and fun and, and you wanna get away and, and go to that spa, great. But it's not a holy thing to get into your car. But free speech, yeah, that's holy. Along with your right to bear arms, along with your right to a jury, along, you know, along with your right to um, not be searched and seized without a warrant and so on. These are the Bill of Rights that are God-given. It's a pretty cool thing when you think about it. Now, as we move further and further away from God in American society, guess what? We are moving more and more toward the speech laws that exist in Europe. We're becoming more European. We're entertaining the idea of hate speech, which there is no such thing. They're just, and look, you and I are Jews. And I fully support the right of contemptible people, such as, let's say, American Nazis, to the extent that they exist. But they existed more in the past. But, for example, the Skokie March by the American Nazis in Illinois. Uh, well, you know, I have to stop. Why even bring them up as anti-Semitic spewers? You have plenty of Linda Sarsours out there. Fine, whatever. Okay. The point, well, Linda well, Sarsour well, has well, the right, well, Linda Sarsour has the right to say despicable things about Jews and Israel. And does. So and, and does. Much better example. Yeah, that's it's a much more modern example, yeah. too. So all those guys, all these schmucks, and I say it only because we are Jews and we love Israel, both of us, and we, we honor the fact that they can say these things. We, we, we disagree with them. We'll show what schmucks they are. We'll show how it, it shows how hateful they are. Fine. But we would never say, Ari, that these people have no right to to speak. That's right. Or should go to jail for saying that. Exactly. And, and that goes for Antifa and Black Lives Matter, too, who say plenty of revolting things. Ilan Omar, revolting things <clears throat> about the Jews in Israel. Right. But you know what? I want them to be able to be free to say it because I want to be able to free to say what I want to say. Right. And the more important thing is simple pragmatism. I would much rather have people I disagree with reveal to me exactly what they think of me then people wandering around, keeping it in their own heads or keeping it in their little clans, if you will. Right. I'll, I'll take you one step further. Uh, and this is moving in the same direction, but I'll one step further. Uh, I lived in Germany, as I mentioned, for about a year and a half. I, I ended up uh, learning a lot of German. I had a German girlfriend. It was, it was pretty cool. It was interesting. I, I like, I like the, the German people, the modern German people. I'm not one of these Jews that refuse to set... Uh, foot in Germany and protest for what what happened in World War II and such. They're, these are different people, and not only that, but they understand Germany's role in How World about War II. We won. Uh, putting aside the fact that we won, because uh, you know, uh, J by contrast, Japan, for example, never really acknowledged the evil of what happened, that, what they did in World War II. But Germany did. Okay, they they understand it. In fact, they understand it too much in a way, uh, and that's my point is that in Germany, we learned that it is illegal to uh, deny the Holocaust, and it's illegal to say anti-Semitic things, okay? Things against Israel, things against Jews, illegal. Now, look, I understand from a historical perspective, they don't want to revive Nazism. I get that. But I, I, I reject it. Even in Germany, yes, in Germany. I think everyone has the God-given right for free speech. And the, the, the ironic thing 
No, it shouldn't be ironic. Uh, it is ironic in terms of the law and its consequence. But the inevitable thing about having such a law is that it actually breeds more anti-Semitism. It breeds more anti-Israelism. It breeds more of a, a love for the good old days, quote unquote, of Hitler. Because you push it underground and you make it something that no one ends up talking about. But if you did have these, let's say, Hitler revivalists in Germany, and they say, wasn't he a great guy? You'd have other people, of course, like you and me, responding and saying, you guys are schmucks. You know, let me show, explain to you how dangerous he was. Do I have to reteach history to you? So it's out in the open. You know what's yeah, what, because which is your point. In the open, you get to call it the foolishness that it is. Yes, exactly right. And it right. gets to reveal itself for all to see, and they don't get to deny their denial. In other words, by forcing it underground, most people go, well, I don't see it. It's not real. Yeah. What are you worrying about? You're being paranoid. Right, and that's exactly what happens with the left because the the media in America, at least, is so so far left that they don't talk about the the riots. They don't talk about how BLM is in fact a Marxist organization. They don't talk about the evils of abortion. They don't talk about uh, how how Hillary Clinton and uh, Obama and otherwise conspired to spy on. Uh, Trump and so on. Yeah, and, and therefore, and it, that discussion doesn't happen. Yeah, and didn't allow a peaceful transfer of power in the 2016 election. There you go. And I would go one step further in it because it's an interesting dynamic. It also allows them to say that we, conservatives, who are the most anti-Nazi people on earth, are Nazis, and then they don't tell, they don't broadcast to their base what we actually say, they only broadcast to their base what they say about us. Right, right, of course. And, and no, no liberal or no lefty in particular has ever asked you or me, why, why is it that you believe in conservatism? They, 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 they just don't ask the question. We presented that as a podcast a couple of uh, times ago. Look, uh, free speech is a fascinating area because in many ways it's a center cornerstone of all that we believe when it comes to the notion of liberty, right? I mean, if you don't have free speech, real free speech, you don't have real liberty. That's right. You don't have free thought. And without free thought, there's Can't. no... Yeah, freedom. exactly right. Everything kind of circles around that notion of free speech. And that's why I, I believe it's the First Amendment. Um, and related, of course, is the freedom to express your faith. Uh, those two things are the First Amendment. And one could even argue they're one and the same. And it is. It is, but it's a holy thing, and, and they don't get that. Europeans don't get that. They, 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 they laugh at Americans be, and, and with two different things, and they'll say to you over and over again, what is it with you Americans and your guns? What is it with you Americans and your God? They don't get it. Yeah, and isn't it funny? It's the most obvious things, you idiot Europeans. Number one, what is it about your European idiots about not having guns that has allowed every nation in your continent to eventually be dominated by a dictator? Right. It's, it's too easy, or, right? Or conquered by, by neighboring dictators. So it's too easy to respond to that. But, uh, I mean, it, it likewise, you can say to them, yeah, you're right. We are unique in our uh, embrace of guns to protect ourselves. We are unique in our love of God as a central force in our civilization. And perhaps that's the reason why we Americans and America are unique. 
Yes, how about that? Maybe that's the very reason why people want to come here. They don't realize that the very reason why America is so freaking great is precisely because of our love of God and how our rights turn on the God-given nature of those rights, including guns, including free speech. That they don't seem to get. And, and it, it's like one of those moments where you, you hit your head and you say, I, I could have had a V8. It suddenly becomes apparent. Oh, that's the very reason. that The very thing that I think is crazy about America is the very thing that makes America great. That's right. And also, I, I think it, it needs to be stated, it's obvious, but if our rights to free speech and these other things come from God... It's not logical to think that God's dominion of bestowing rights ends at America's borders. Uh, the, the liberal would say, well, see, that's why Donald Trump wants to build a wall, to keep God's rights from reaching the Mexicans or the Canadians, right, or some idiot thing like that. No, as conservatives, as Americans, we believe every human being on earth is endowed with the rights that are... Uh, uh, established in, and protected in our Constitution. And it's a tragedy that other nations... They, oh, and the other thing our Declaration says, I believe, is um, and governments are created to protect these rights for, for individuals. That's right. right. And so the tragedy for us is that other nations don't create themselves to exist for that reason too. In other words, France can be France, Hungary can be Hungary, Japan can be Japan, but it's, it's a moral failing of them and a reason why they're not also exceptional nations, that their governments don't also uh, hold those things sacrosanct for their people. Okay, so you're 100% right. And it's interesting, uh, just kind of palming off a little bit from what you said before, that we do consider these to be human rights, not just American rights. And we, we so believe that, that we don't say that you have to be an American citizen to have these rights. So if you are, let's say, just visiting America and you say, America sucks, uh, you know, I hate Trump, uh, I hate Reagan and all that stuff, and some very conservative cop decides to arrest you, not that that would ever happen, let's just say though, uh, and then he arrests you, you, would, you as a, as a non-citizen would correctly enjoy the benefits of the First Amendment which is to say you can't be arrested for that, merely because you're in the premises of America, not because you're an American citizen. That's, so to your point. Now, let me move forward a little bit. And, yeah, and let me turn that around for one second because I don't like the examples you gave as usual. You can also, as a foreign citizen, say how much you hate Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, yes. and I'm jiggy with that too. Okay, so let me move forward with this point because it's very similar to, I mean, it, it, it kind of captures the ideas that we've been speaking about. Um, when you think, and Ari brought this up, when you think of France, for example, I'm not talking about socialism or otherwise, when you think of France, you think of, I don't know, I, I think immediately of baguettes. The croissant. The croissant, right? Uh, the, the berets, you know, and the kind of accordion music, perhaps, right? And mimes, things like that, okay? Maybe the Eiffel Tower. Uh, when you think of Germany, you think of beer. Australian ham. Okay, Westphalian ham. Uh, you, you think of uh, umpapa music, right? And the kind pretzels. of funny clothing that they have and pretzels, yeah. When you think of Italy, you think of... Go the ahead. Romagna cuisine, uh, the uh, bistecca, 
you know, the T-bone steak, the, uh, the um, Kula Talo ham, the, uh, the different cheeses. There you it's food. It's basically food. Yeah. Maybe, maybe style of clothing. Maybe in the case oh, of yeah. Italy. Italian sports cars. Sports cars. I was just going to say sports yeah. cars. You know, things like this nature. This is what you think when you, when you throw out the name Italy. That's what you think. Yeah, design and architecture. When you think about Spain, you think about, I don't know, a certain kind of food perhaps. Tapas. Yeah, food, and, yes. Um, and the language, of course. And you think about Japan. You think about the... I don't know, the bullet train, you think about kind of Samurai, interesting... Samurai, swords. Yeah, yeah, chopsticks, you know. I mean, not to belittle it, I'm just saying that's what Those you think of. Those are the images that come to mind, yeah. And yet, when you think about America, you think about one word. What is it? Liberty. That's it. That is the definition and the first go-to word you have when I ask you to tell me what America is about. Liberty, that's it. And all the other stuff that we have in terms of fast cars and cool music and rock and roll and everything else, that, yeah, that's, that's American too. But it's because of our liberty. That's why. It's cool, right? No other country is really about anything. It doesn't have a mission statement. None of them. France doesn't have a mission statement. You go in there and you say, what is it to be French? And they say, ah, I don't know, uh, we, are, we are here, we like our culture, we are, we are, we are there to eat our baguettes and yeah, to have a fromage. Controle certifications of yes, wine that's it. and cheese. That's and it. That's, there's, there's really nothing else. Yeah, the and, 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 and they understand their democracy and they have, you know, the, the, what they want to be able to do is live a life. That's, that's their goal. Live a life. But it doesn't, there's no purpose to it. There's nothing to it. And in America, our purpose is liberty and seeking out God, dare I say it, and the spread of liberty and the spread of seeking God out. That is what we are about. That is our mission statement. There is no other country that has that. And that is the reason why America is America. That is the reason why we have free speech in America. That's why it all goes around to that very core principle. I love America deeply. We all love America. We should. Even the, the lefties who claim to love America, they don't know why they love America, but deep down, they certainly exercise their rights to, to protest, and we don't blame them. We're, we're okay with that. We, we do judge them for rioting if that's what's going to end up happening. But in terms of protesting, right or wrong, they know that there, there's something sacrosanct about free speech. There's something about America where when you do that kind of stuff, you are protected. It is not just by the government, but, but God has given you that, that notion. And so once again, you know, the left benefits from conservative values and then employs it against conservatives. Right. They use, they use the protections they receive from us to destroy the thing that protects their, yeah. their right to destroyed. Yeah. It's unbelievable. There's only one other nation that comes close to what you said as far as image systems of of the uh, intangible. And that's, of course, Israel. Because the thing that I think about with Israel is God yeah. and the different religions that are uh, founded there, Judaism and Christianity. I think you had it right, you know, exactly right, Ari. It's, uh, these, are, these are points that, gosh, it, it doesn't I mean, I always like to, to ask why. Why, why, why? Why is it that America does so well? 
uh, wh why is it that uh, Europe seems to constantly have to deal with such hatred and such dictatorships and such? I mean, remember, this is the continent that gave us both fascism and communism, right? Uh, and and such a, to such horrific results. And you keep going to visit? <laughs> well, the baguettes and the fromage are quite good, I must say. Let's uh, get it here. <laughs> you're right. They're actually better here. Yeah. Um, it is it, the, the conforming nature of the French and the Germans and everything else. I mean, even the Italians. You know, we we spent a good deal of time, almost two months in Europe uh, in 2018, the summer. It was a nice time. But one of the things among many that struck me, and I did a lot of research for my book, Atheism Destroys, uh, was talking to people about their notion of God. And, you know, by and large, they were pretty damn dismissive about it. Even the people that, that told me that they did go to church uh, said that they did it more as a family thing and it was more of a cultural thing. Yeah, there's no, there's no actual belief. Right. And by the way, one of the things that we've talked about in this podcast before, and it's the big challenge for people who are religious in any way, is faith is a challenge. I know. Day in, day out. I know. So it's an understandable thing. I understand. Okay, so, but that's not where I'm going. I'm not going. digressing to that point. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's understandable that these people who would go, yeah, yeah, I go to church. Well, why? Well, just a tradition. Yeah. It's so, not you actually believe in God. Th that is exactly the right answer. That's exactly the right reason. And they, they you know, even if they, you, they give me this face like, yeah, you know, um, uh, Charles de Gaulle type face. He was very expressive. <laughs> you know, God, okay, yes, sure, I believe, but uh, it's, uh, it doesn't control my life. You know, something like that, right? <laughs> you can just imagine. You know, so, yeah. He gave me life and put me on this planet, but yeah, yeah he's exactly. not in control of my life or anything. Yeah, but maybe he should control your life. Yeah. You know, that's the whole point. And, right. and, and God is in control, I mean, whether you realize it or not. Okay, the point is that they, God is certainly not a big picture, but they they... I was going to go into the more small details. Like I noticed as we were traveling around, you order a cappuccino, it's always the same cappuccino. doesn't matter where you go. Uh, it, it might have a slight difference in one country versus the other, but very slight. Cappuccino is a cappuccino. Thank you very much. They have uh, an Americano and they have a regular coffee. And that's it, my friends, with very few changes. Uh, it's really qu quite extraordinary. Uh, and you ask, if you were to ask something the equivalent of a frappuccino, like they have in Starbucks or a vanilla, you know, half-calf, decaf, and coffee bean, they would look at you like, you are so uncouth. You are so crazy, my no, friend. They'd look at you the way I look at people who order that crap. <laughs> it's, all right, bad example for Ari David. Yeah. But you, you get the idea. that There's no uh, deviating from what they want the norm to be. So that includes cheese, that includes the coffee, like I said, includes bread. Uh, even when you order a side of vegetables, which I, I had to do quite a bit because, I, you know, as you know, I don't eat too much meat. In fact, I don't eat any meat. But the, the side of vegetables was always the same. as In every country, it was always a side of, of eggplant and zucchini. It was the weirdest thing. Why, why, why that? And, oh, carrots sometimes. Because right? it's cheap. It's cheap, but that's it. That's what you expected. I ordered a side of vegetables. Here's what you, your mind is accepting. In other words, everything is Holiday Inn over there, right? There's, yeah, it's, it's always looks the same. Everything is McDonald's, so to speak, although they would never have a McDonald's. Uh, they've never created a McDonald's. But you get the idea. They wanted to keep things standard. 
French should be French stuff. That's it. They, they don't deviate. That's what their mind... They, they can't ex- escape from their... Their notions of what is correct. And yeah, I guess so. they can't escape from the culture that is, that, that, that is all they have. You see, when you don't have God, all you have is your culture, your sense of Frenchness, your, your sense of Germanness. And why is it? Why? Why, why would you have that? I remember I had, my, I told you I had a German girlfriend back when I was 17, uh, my senior year in high school. And uh, she was lovely. She was a little bit older than me. She was 19, very pretty. And she was, she was a fossil at the time. No, she was, she's just lovely. <laughs> great, great girl, amazing young lady and very bright. And she was, because they were beginning to talk about, at the time, about opening up the borders so that, you know, one European can go to the next career. And, of course, that's what we're talking about. I mean, that, that's now available everywhere. And she was concerned that this might be bad for, you know, the culture of Germany. And uh, likewise for the culture of France and so on. You know, we'll all be a blend of different cultures. And, and, and I she said, was right. <laughs> well, well, no, 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 no. She wasn't right. She wasn't right. And I said, listen, if all that you have protecting your culture is a border of people, of security guards and such, border patrol, preventing people from coming in, then maybe you don't have that strong a culture in the first place. And that blew her mind. She goes, yeah, you got a good point. And that is the, the truth. You know, if, if all you have in France and, and Germany and Italy and, and England and so on is a culture because, you know, this is the way coffee needs to look like. This is the way a bread needs to look like and so on. Well, that's not meaningful. There's no, there's no meaning like, like we have in America. And by contrast, in America, you, when I tell you pizza, right, you think to yourself, well, what kind of pizza? Deep dish pizza, thin crust pizza, a Thai chicken pizza. I mean, the word pizza can mean anything, right? And yet somehow we are not threatened by American culture uh, because we have God. God is in control anyway. And so we have constant adaptations and changes in our culture, in our food, in our music, and even in our words and our writings uh, the, the way that media portrays itself, but we still don't lose our sense of Americanness because in America, what are we about? Liberty. Scream it from the hills. We are about liberty. We're not about anything else. Everything else is cute, okay? You can say our innovation is our Americanness. It's a reflection of the liberty that we choose to live with and that we live by. That's the difference. And I love America for it. That is the difference between free speech and, for that matter, all of the Bill of Rights in America. It's because it's God-given. And ultimately, it's all about liberty, which indeed is God-given. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk with you next week.